the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. We're so glad to have you join us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Johnny Abair. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Happy first morning. day of winter. Ooh, yeah, yes. I kind of thought it was right. here, but it's officially here. And yeah. it's going to go quick, right? Did, <laughs> did you say it's the shortest day of the year? Today is Something the shortest. Like that, yep. right? that, so the first day of winter will go very quickly. Shortest day. Oh, oh. man. All right. Well, Christmas is right around the corner. Better make it a good one because there's so, probably still so much to do, right? Yes. It is a Wednesday <laughs> coming day, and we can say just in a matter of days because it's almost here. I can't believe that. Wow. Well, let's get that day. This day started in prayer. We call upon the intercession of St. Peter Canisius a powerful Jesuit preacher at the time of the counter-reformation. So we call upon him and all the saints in heaven as we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, as Mary and Elizabeth embraced one another in joy and experienced the fulfillment of your promises, may we too ready ourselves for your coming through humble patience and works of mercy. Hear in kindness the prayers of your people, that those who rejoice at the coming of your only begotten Son in the flesh may gain the reward of eternal life when at last he returns in glory. And we pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Peter, Canisius, pray, pray for, for us. us. Pray for us. We will learn more about our saint of the day later on in today's show, but we're starting off today with Johnny's gospel reflection. That'll be in about six minutes. Stay with us. Johnny always has some wonderful insights on today's reading. In 18 minutes, Peter Finney joins us. He is the editor and general manager of the Clarion Herald. The Clarion Herald, of course, as you know, is the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. He's going to give us an update of what you'll find in this week's issue in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. In 35 minutes, Father Matthew Graham joins us. He's the pastor of Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs, and he is going to be talking about the Feast of Mary, Mother of God. Now, it is a a little early to talk (laughs) about this, but we wanted to make sure we got this topic in before we left for Christmas break to spend time with family. So as you know, this is January 1st, this feast, but we're going to be learning about it a little bit early today from Father Graham. So looking forward to that conversation. And in 48 minutes, Sister Marjorie Aber joins us. She's with Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, actually the president and CEO. She's going to be giving us her monthly update today. So uh, great show today, full of great guests, lots of regulars. <laughs> and Alicia, yes. like we were talking about, shortest day of the year, first official day of winter. That's My goodness. Right. <laughs> That's right. And we have a little activity for you to do today on this shortest day of the year, first day of winter. Today, it's a little, it'll be a little bit warmer than it was yesterday. 
It will be partly cloudy uh, throughout the day, but this will be a good day for you to go out and wrap those pipes because we will have uh, the National Weather Service has issued a hard freeze alert for most of our listening area, and that will start tomorrow, Thursday. Tomorrow night, about 9 o'clock is when it officially starts, and that will go through late Christmas Eve. So uh, you may also want to reevaluate what your little ones are wearing to Christmas Eve mass. That's what I would be doing <laughs> if mine were still little. So uh, today the temperatures in our listening area, Baton Rouge is 47, New Orleans is the hot spot at 50, Covington 49, and in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, the temperature is 48. So you stick around for today's gospel and Johnny Abear's reflection. It's five minutes after the hour on Wake Up. On this fourth week of Advent, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is a continuation of Luke chapter 1. Mary set out in those days and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Uh, One of our favorite readings, isn't it? Uh, so, so guys, you ever had the experience of uh, hearing an old story that you've heard for a million times, you know, uh, but then all of a sudden you hear something in it, uh, maybe a little detail, it changes everything, or maybe it gives a whole different perspective on it, you know? Um, yeah. So I, we had my mom with us this, this week, and we were talking about some of the old stories. I'd heard a lot of these old stories before. We were talking about how the A-Bears ended up coming from upstate New York down to Louisiana, and I had always assumed my father coming home to uh, his roots, and that was true to some extent, but actually, a big part, she mentioned for the first time that there was a bunch of gossip and innuendos going on uh, about the family in the parish, which were false, but it drove, you know, uh, that a lot of that decision to come down here, and I never heard that before, so that made me oh, wow. say, ask a whole bunch of other new questions, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, my mom, because my mom never had said anything negative about that before. She held it in her heart, I guess you say. But anyway, having that in mind, and I was reading the gospel today, it really made me do something similar, because I caught some things in it that uh, gave me a whole different perspective with respect to a focus on Elizabeth. So, I wanted to do that, you know, talk about that, because we've heard this gospel so many times. So let's talk about Elizabeth here. You know, she conceived in her old age, but we also read that for five months she hid herself in prayer, hiding in prayer, and that all her life she was held in reproach because she was barren by men. And I go, wow. And so you ask, how'd you do that, Elizabeth? your own kin, your own church in a way. I mean, I could understand that once she was pregnant, she went out and started pointing fingers, you know, you know <laughs> at people. <laughs> but instead, she had this response of a kind of joy that expressed itself in humility, which is there, you know, that's the true joy of the spirit that comes out that way. And how about what she dealt with, with uh, all that they probably were saying about her husband, 
who went deaf and all of a sudden in church until John was born. Nine months of that. Can you imagine the talk of the town? You know, mm-hmm. the rumors maybe innuendo. Mm-hmm. How, how'd you deal with that, Elizabeth? You know, humility, yes, but much more. Because then we read something very powerful, a line in the gospel that says that when Elizabeth uh, heard Mary's voice, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. So we, we know this from, from uh, you know, that if the Holy Spirit's going to fill something, that there's that sin in this in this case was absolved, you know. Uh, so, but but we therefore Elizabeth must have been ready. She had to have prepared herself, you know. The, we can attribute that to her, her her prayer that we read about, her solitude, her humility, her emptying herself of pride, and to be ready for whatever was coming. And of course, in Mary's case, we know she was free from sin from the very moment of her conception. But anyway, so we picture this greeting, this embrace of two women. It's like purity, beholding purity, beautiful souls in love with God, trusting in God, despite whatever the world was saying about them. You know, and then if that's not uh, praise enough, you know, there's one simple word in this reading today that says volumes. Luke very specifically says that when Elizabeth heard Mary, she exclaimed with a loud cry. She went, we know, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But what uh, I, I did not realize until I was reading commentary on this is that this Greek word that is used by Luke for exclaiming or crying out. It's the only time this word, this, the Greek word here is ever used in the New Testament. You have to go back to the Old Testament to see what it means. And we, re, we have the Septuagint was written in Greek there. And we find it's only used five times in the Old Testament. And lo and behold, every time it's used, it's always in reference to the story surrounding the Ark of the Covenant. In fact, as you read all this, especially in the book of Chronicles when it's mostly used, it refers to all the melodic sounds of the instruments of, and the singers as it followed and praised the, the trail of the ark on its way you know, to Jerusalem and, 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 and beyond. So Luke is making this very powerful connection of, like this, of this church choir or chorus, these instruments before the ark with the melodic voice of Elizabeth as she greets Mary. So the Ark of the Covenant is what he's pointing us to. And, and not coincidentally, uh, Elizabeth is a descendant of those Levitical priests. So it's almost like the whole Old Testament, uh, Old Testament choirs breaking out into this expression of joy before Mary through Elizabeth, right? So you just got to taste that scene. And of course, as we know, you go on and Luke goes on and makes these very strong connections to the Ark, even, even more more palpable here uh, as because it parallels uh, David before the ark jumping before the ark uh, as we read in second Samuel and we, and probably we covered that a number of times before but it really does take on flesh and blood you know in today's gospel this this expression of Mary as the ark and then Elizabeth's greeting of that so I was thinking about that too but finally you know I started thinking about this in in you know, maybe it's obvious, but this you have to step back from it. Among all the other details that we might catch today and pray upon uh, is the one that seems, you know, hey, I, I, obviousness this, in this sense. The fact that uh, when the angel appeared to Mary to ask her if she would become the mother of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, we recall obviously that Elizabeth was already pregnant for six months. So in other words, God's great plan of salvation was already in motion. 
Was it a foregone conclusion, you know, that Mary would say yes? Well, Mary had free will. We know that, you know, so of course not. Uh, we speak a lot about Elizabeth and Mary trusting God, but also, sorry, God perhaps trusted them. Mm-hmm. So something we could really think about is that God today very much similarly is doing that with you and I. He trusts us things are, to the point that things are already in motion for our good. He's always in motion. He trusts us that much. So let's be humble and confident. Let our exclamations be like musical instruments during this holiday season. Let's not let him <laughs> down. Okay. okay. Well, stay with us. Peter Finney's going to join us with the Clear and Hill to talk about this Christmas issue. It's quarter past the hour now on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for December 21st. Today we celebrate St. Peter Canisius. Blessed with many talents, today's saint is an excellent example of a scriptural person who develops those gifts for the sake of the Lord's work. Born in 1521, Peter became one of the most important figures of the Catholic Counter-Reformation in Germany. He is often called the Second Apostle of Germany, after St. Boniface. He taught in several universities and was instrumental in establishing many colleges and seminaries. As a young man, Peter joined the recently formed Society of Jesus. Following his ordination, he gained fame as a preacher. He packed churches with his eloquent proclamation of the gospel. He also possessed great diplomatic skills. He produced a catechism that explained the Catholic faith in a way common people could understand. His letters, filling eight volumes contain words of wisdom and counsel to people in all walks of life. Through Peter, many lapsed Catholics returned to the church, while many Protestants converted. He also found time to visit the sick and imprisoned. During a plague in Vienna in 1551, he worked tirelessly to help the sick. Peter Canisius died in 1597. At his canonization in 1925, he was also declared a doctor of the church. The new Saint of the Day app is available now for your smartphone or tablet. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. And a good morning and a Merry Christmas to all of you on this Wednesday morning, this final week of Advent. Looking forward to all coming to this joyous conclusion. And uh, if you're looking for a stocking stuffer, well, I think Peter Finney's with the Clear and Herald's got a great idea because it's coming out on Christmas Eve, the latest edition of the Clear and Herald. Good morning, Peter. Good to have you with us. Hey, Johnny. Uh, thank you so much, and, and, and Merry Christmas. Uh, it's been it's been a beautiful uh, Advent, and we're we're all hoping for a very blessed Christmas. You know. Yeah. You bet, you bet. And I know this uh, this issue, first thing we're going to see on the front page, tell us about it. Yes, uh, Archbishop Amon, uh, there's a great shot from, from last year's Christmas Eve Mass, the Midnight Mass. Archbishop Amon is kneeling before the creche in St. Louis Cathedral. Uh, and uh, kind of the, the focus is obviously on the Christ child uh, in uh, in the nativity scene, and it's almost like a Christmas card. So he he just very very short and sweet. Just said, you know, uh, two thousand years ago, you know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and this year he desires to be born anew in all of our hearts. And so he asks Catholics, uh, everyone, to you know, to open uh, their hearts to Jesus 
and bring him to others, and that's his Christmas message. Uh, so it's uh, especially the last uh, you know month and a half has been very difficult uh, in the archdiocese. It's been a lot of pain and suffering, but the archbishop is praying for for peace and reconciliation, and obviously, and he's also praying for the uh, the people of Ukraine uh, at the uh, last Saturday night, last Sunday night, excuse me, uh, at uh, Jackson Square. Uh, right in front of St. Louis Cathedral, there was the annual Christmas caroling, uh, and he prayed especially in the invocation uh, for the people of Ukraine and what they're going through and uh, during this Christmas. So let's let's keep them, of course, uh, in prayer uh, as we as we go to our churches uh, this weekend. Yeah, you know that that image, that picture of of the Archbishop kneeling like that. It, uh, yeah, I've I've seen uh, around, and we have one here of of uh, Santa Claus or or kneeling before the manger. And of course, we get a chance to gives you a chance to tell your kids the story of Saint Nicholas, and then when they see that continuity with an archbishop also kneeling like that, maybe it'll make a strong connection. But anyway, any opportunity to do so, that's right. That's right. And, and even, you know, uh, Santa Claus kneeling in front of uh, the Nativity, that's actually one of the winning posters uh, in the in the uh, Council of Catholic School Cooperative Clubs. Every year they sponsor uh, an essay, poetry, and uh, uh, an artwork contest, and nine students in, in different areas, different categories, won uh, the, 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 the True Meaning of Christmas contest. And, in fact, that was one of the uh, – Kendall Allen from Archbishop Chappelle did exactly that, Santa with his hat off is kneeling in front of the, the crib uh, and, and, and praying for uh, the baby Jesus, the new one Jesus. So uh, that, that's a beautiful uh, segment that, uh, that the Catholic school students involve every year for Christmas. They, it's, it's beautiful sentiment uh, for people to read, and that's up on the website right now. Yeah, so so the issue this week, you know, coming out Christmas Eve is uh, word includes some of that artwork, but also some words of wisdom. So I gotta ask, I gotta ask uh, Peter, the words of wisdom from the kids. It's got to be some jewels in there, some good. Any anything to jump out at you, like yeah, or we, even you know, kind of, yeah. It, 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 you know, uh, Rosalie Volz, she's a fourth grader at St. Christopher the Martyr School, uh, and she she won for her essay, and she talked about what is you know. What does Christmas mean to her? And she had the idea of it's the, the apparently at the school or the parish they have a box of joy program where they, uh, you know, they gather uh, toiletry, other supplies uh, for people who really are in need, and it's it's something that she finds extremely, you know, uh, important to her as a way of celebrating Christmas and and giving. You know, it's 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 the giving of. of of yourself, and uh, there's just a, I mean the three poems are beautiful. The, the three essays are great, and and you can see the posters. In fact, we, we with the posters, uh, we did a little video with each of the three poster winners, and, and they explain uh, you know what what they did. Skyler uh, Jerger from uh, Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton School, fifth grader, very simple drawing. She said it took her five minutes to draw, but it's it's uh, it's Mary and Joseph, kind of in the shape of a heart. And in the middle is Jesus, and it's a very simple black and white poster, and it's, uh, it says "Keep Christ in Christmas." And uh, so the the video, uh, and, and that's available on the website right now. You can look at it and get the uh, each of the explanations for what God, you know, for what kind of prompted their uh, their uh, their thoughts. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be good for our, the uh, you know our kids, grandkids to kind of to see that on the website, see the other children, and, and yes. talking about that really catch their attention. Oh, that's that's fantastic. You know, that's good. Um, well, I know, you know, speaking of family, everyone's kind of trying to plan out Mass, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Uh, is there any information in this week's issue about that, Mass schedules? Yeah, 
we, we do uh, every every year at the, the last issue of December, we publish the the next year's so it'll be 2023 mass schedule, and so uh, all 113 parishes plus missions. Uh, every uh, every parish we have the the listings for uh, all the mass times, especially during the week and also on the weekend, and then we have confession times and also if the if the parish offers Eucharistic adoration, we have those times as well. So it's a great year-round resource uh, to keep, uh, you know, it'll be online as well, but you can keep, you know, pull it out and keep it in your glove compartment. If you're, if you're out in, a, in another area of the city, say, oh, i got to get to Mass, and you can find out, you know, where, uh, what time the, uh, the next Mass in your area is. So it's a great resource to have, you know, throughout the year, not just this week, but really the whole year. And we were, uh, Peter, I know that this, we were about to welcome the Prince of Peace, and of course, lately there's been a break in that peace, but Archbishop Amen, I understand, speaking of him again, uh, uh, praying for peace, he's, there's some uh, specific faith-based efforts, from what I understand, regarding an end of violence. Can you touch on, on that, what they're going to find in the issue regarding these efforts? I sure can. Uh, earlier this month, in early December, St. Maria Goretti, uh, 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 many parishioners got together with what they're calling the Jericho Walk, where uh, they, they pray the rosary and they circle their campus. And it kind of comes from, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, pa- the, the Bible passage in, in, in Joshua, where the, uh, where the, uh, the soldiers in the, the walk marched around the city for six days, and on the seventh day they, they blew the horns to, to crumble the walls uh, of and in this case, we're trying to crumble the walls of violence and, and hatred. And so St. Maria Goretti did this for seven consecutive nights. And it's a way to uh, certainly focus uh, their parishioners uh, prayerfully on the violence in the city. Uh, but also they want to do something, you know, uh, you know in, in action. And other, other parishes did it as well at their own respective uh uh, campuses, and that includes uh, St. Anthony of Padua in Luling. Uh, they did it, and also a, a parish in Texas did it. So uh, th- there'll be more of the Jericho walks that are coming up. And then another Jericho thing, uh, Dr. <laughs> Ansel Ag- uh, Augustine, uh, he is the head of the Black Catholic Ministries Office for the Archdiocese. Uh, he has been involved with a group called New Orleans Peacekeepers, uh, where they have uh, put up billboards around the city. It's called Squash the Beef. Before the grief, oh. and it's a uh, it, it's an idea of, of reconciliation and kind of uh, get, getting in the middle of of tensions before the, the worst happens. And there's even a hotline okay. number that people can can call to have a conflict media a conflict resolution uh, experts come speak to your to your kids and also to help in the community. You know, uh, help uh, you know get kids uh, in, in a, on a different path. So there's there's a hotline oh, wow. number five zero four. Three two one three one nine zero, and it's called squash the beef before the grief. You call that number, and there there are resources available for people to kind of say, hey, what can I do to help? You know, cut this off before you know there's bloodshed. Wow, that's yeah, that's a powerful action coming out of the prayer and reflection. That's that's good news. Well, Peter, I, uh, we've been all the buzz around Catholic Community Radio is uh, actually <laughs> your sports predictions. And uh, you, come on, we got a couple minutes left here. What? Uh, give us some of your more interesting, perhaps, predictions. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I have to say it was, you know, uh, my dad, Peter Finney Sr., who was uh, uh, 68 years, he wrote sports for the state's item and times Picayune in New Orleans. And one of his favorite things was for like 50 years, uh, he did a column, usually it was on New Year's Eve, if you predict what would happen uh, in the coming 12 months 
uh, in sports. It was all, it was always lighthearted. You know, I mean, he, yeah, he would right. laugh that people would people would keep it. They would cut out his his column, and then whenever he missed, which was a bunch of times, they would they would cross it out with X's and they would mail it back to him. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I never That's knew good. how many people in New Orleans, you know, use crayons to write. You know, so uh, yeah, how do you keep it all the time? Just you've been waiting for this. But, okay, uh, it, so we have some crazy things going on. Uh, we have a coaching change with the Saints, uh, and uh, it's not it's not bringing Sean Payton back, uh, although they they they, they tried. But uh, uh, look north to. Uh, a guy who's coaching the Michigan Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what Ooh. happens there. <laughs> well, uh, it's been a disappointing season for the Saints. A lot of injuries, a lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers. So who knows what's going to happen? But uh, you no, know, we have some fun, especially with uh, the, the, the the mayor's problems uh, in terms of uh, uh, trips to France and the, the French Riviera. Oh. And stuff. I, we have her. She has a new twin twin cities uh, that she said. Well, we, we're going to kind of scale back a little bit, and she's rides a bike with her, uh, her executives to the new Twin Cities that she has, sister cities, and it's Chack Bay and, and Cutoff. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be a sister of, uh, whatever. So it's, uh, oh, my it's a bunch of crazy stuff, but, you know, hey, uh, every now and then one might hit. And so you just put a little check mark, okay, next to it, okay? Okay. Oh, uh, looks like you've inherited oh some of that wit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> It's online if you want to read it, and uh, you can you can you have to wait a little while to see if, you, if it's it's a if it's completion or an incompletion. But you know you'll you'll have a chance to do that, and you can use a crayon if you want to to, to, to write. That. All right, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Oh, Peter. Well, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Peter. Same same to you, Johnny. Thank you so much. All right. Well, uh, yeah, you can even use the paper for wrapping your pipes. Then unfold it next year when see if all these came true. <laughs> Stay with us. <laughs> Father Matthew Graham joining us to talk about Our Lady. It's half past the hour now on Wake Up. Good morning. It's 35 minutes after the hour. You're listening to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibido with Gabby Smith and Johnny Abair. We're so happy to be joined this morning by Father Matthew Graham. He is the pastor of Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs. Good morning, Father Matthew. Good morning to everybody. It's good to join you once again. Oh, thank you so much for always saying yes to us. We love having you on Wake Up. And in particular this morning, we're talking about the Feast of Mary, Mother of God, that will be just around the corner on the 1st of January. That's correct. And so it's also the octave day of uh, Christmas. As we remember, we celebrate Christmas uh, as for eight days, like we celebrate Easter. And so how great to have you on the octave day to remind ourselves of the one who gave birth to our, our, our Lord, but also under that specific title, Mary Mother of God, which is probably the greatest of all of her titles. If you're very familiar with the Litany Loretto, you see all those different titles. The most preeminent one would be for her as Mother of God, or as they would say in Greek, the Theotokos. Yes, what a beautiful, a beautiful celebration that day. So why, why is it the last day of the, the octave of Christmas? Why this feast then? Well, actually, when they revised the liturgy um, after the Second Vatican Council, um, the day was already dedicated towards looking at Our Lady, but they wanted to kind of um, remind ourselves of the Christmas mystery and the different um, traditions 
and the role of Our Lady, especially as we're seeing uh, throughout this last seven days of Advent, really focusing on the infancy narrative and looking at her role in all of this. But ultimately, too, is when we look at Our Lady, everything ties back into Our Lord. And so seeing both her role as, um, yes, the Mother of God, one being open to the worst message from the angel Gabriel to become that vessel who not only is towards her, but spreads it. And then from her role then in supporting his mission um, of spreading God's love, mercy, and being that one who is that perfect disciple, following and giving all that we have uh, to the Lord. And so I think it's just a beautiful way of seeing this particular you really say it's the first Marian dogma of the church. Oh, okay. Wow, it's, Most so, people don't realize that. We think we talk about, like I was on the radio last time, about you know, the Immaculate Conception and that dogma, the dogma of the Assumption. Yes. But really, this is another one of those uh, church one, um, dogmas that you know created controversy. Um, it was back in the you know the 400s of a, a certain Archbishop who was the Archbishop of Constantinople saying that no, Mary's not the mother of God. She's just the mother of Christ. And so, long story short, they had to call a church council, because the the third ecumenical council became the Council of Ephesus, and really affirmed of Mary's title to Theotokos, but also reaffirmed the the divinity of Christ. And so, the study of Christ is called Christology, and the study of Mary is called Mariology. And they are both tied together. The more you understand about Our Lady, the deeper and more you understand about Our Lord. So it begins with Christ, and everything flows down from there. That's so beautiful. Now, uh, Father Matthew, let's talk about, so January 1st, on this beautiful feast of Mary, Mother of God, this is a holy day of obligation for us. Can you talk about that? Yes. Well, this year it's easy, since it falls on a Sunday, (laughs) and so uh, just like Christmas and stuff. Um, But uh, traditionally, you know, there's whole sets of solemnities above all, and then within certain countries they can set certain ones as holy days of obligation. And so for us, of course, the United States, we see January 1st, everyone celebrates it as, of course, New Year. But for us to begin this date, to give preeminence as we end the octave of Christmas, to look to the one who our Lord gave to us, that she is the mother of God, she's also then the mother of all of us. And so as we begin our journey uh, throughout this entire year, remember, all right, who is always asking for intercession but Our Lady? Yes. Think about the Hail Mary prayer, Holy Mary, Mother of God, or those who uh, pray the Angelus prayer. What often do we say in there? Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. Yes. Or when you finish the rosary and you say, Hail, Holy Queen, what do we say? Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. We worry of the promises of Christ. And so it's a beautiful way of beginning a new year of looking to the one who is going to walk with us, guide us, and always draw us closer towards our Lord. And we see that through all the centuries in history of the Church, all the saints referring to our Lady being at aid to help us as we make our journey. 
That's so beautiful. So today the gospel reading is the visitation when Mary uh, goes in haste to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is expecting. And we hear those beautiful words of Elizabeth to Mary about, you know, how is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? What a beautiful day that we're talking about this, this uh, solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God. Mm-hmm. And it's just the beauty of just reminding of the missionary aspect of our Lord uh, and, and what He gives to all of us. And the one who embraces that is Our Lady, even the moment when she's trying to process all of these things, feeling the stirring in her heart to go. And when Our Lady goes, as I often get people in the confessional, I actually tell them to focus on that second joyful mystery of the rosary, the visitation. Yes. And when basically they're in need, all right, pray with that decade and just be like Elizabeth, asking for help and how Our Lady comes. And when Our Lady comes, she brings our Lord. And that's just to stir in us that, you know, all right, here's someone we can always go to to lift us up. And how is it that my God should come to me? And that's the beauty of, of this day. And um, so how we, you know, celebrating Christmas, but also tying in Our Lady and her role in salvation history. So beautiful. We're visiting this morning with Father Matthew Graham. He is the pastor of Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs. We're talking about the Feast of Mary, Mother of God, coming up quickly uh, on January 1st. Before we let you go, Father Matthew, would you offer a blessing for our listeners? Sure. Well, I want to quickly also say that if you ever look at an icon, you see these letters above Our Lady. It looks like an M and an O and all this type of stuff. Always remind yourselves we're invoking the Mother of God. Ah. And so let us ask her continued intercession uh, on this day. So we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, as we continue these final days of our Advent journey, we look to Our Lady. Amongst all the turmoil that's in our life, maybe our families, our workplaces, and our world, we look to Our Lady's guidance and inspiration. Open ourselves up to the Word of God so that we may be like her, that we may be open to receiving it, to let it to grow within us, to continue to strengthen us in our daily journey with you, and knowing that as we go, that we be like Our Lady, trusting, listening, and seeing the fruit of your womb. And may the blessed Almighty God be upon all of you on this day, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Father Matthew Graham, pastor of Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs. Can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and your parish? Yes, you can go online to www.icc-msh.org. Or if you're simply just put Immaculate Conception in Denham Springs, we're the only Catholic church in Denham Springs. And I want to wish all of you a very early and happy and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year as well. Thank you so much, Father Matthew. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for being on Wake Up this morning. My pleasure. Y'all take care. Thank you, you too. Wow, I love visiting with Father Matthew, uh, and especially Mm -hmm. about our beautiful Marian feast days. So uh, wonderful to hear from him. Say stick around. Uh, Sister Marjorie, Gabby, you're going to be visiting with Sister Marjorie, speaking of someone who is always uh, busy and has a whole bunch of things going on. (laughs) She is the president and CEO of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and she'll uh, chat with Gabby about her monthly update. I'm sure it's jam-packed with so many wonderful things that they do, particularly around this this season and with this bad weather coming up or this super cold weather coming up we'll find out how sister marjorie is going
going to handle that and all of the wonderful things she does in the Archdiocese through Catholic Charities. So stick around. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. along with Alicia Quibido and Johnny Bear, Our next guest is Sister Marjorie Bear. Sister Marjorie is the president and CEO of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And today she joins us to give us her monthly update. Good morning, Sister Marjorie. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Happy fourth week of Advent. Happy fourth week of Advent to you as well. We are always looking forward to your monthly update. And as we continue to celebrate Advent, Christmas is just around the corner. Uh, Can you please share with our listeners some of the ways that Catholic Charities is putting faith into action this Christmas season? There's been a lot of action and a lot of activity in our annual programs beginning at at Thanksgiving time and and giving uh, food baskets out, and then later toys. In addition, we're also busy um, thanking our many, many donors, because at the same time, we have our annual community appeal underway. And just to assure our donors, 93 cents of every single dollar goes directly to the services that we provide. And and this year, we have a a lofty goal, 1.75 million dollars and we will spend all of that on our clients and our families throughout the next year my goodness that is incredible you know looking back in the last year uh, the last few months it's been difficult for many people Uh, can you tell our listeners sister marjorie how we can reach out and help those who have lost so much this year well through our programs as i said we had our um, Thanksgiving drive, which we always <clears throat> annually do. And this year, we were able to, through the generosity of donors, give away over 350 baskets, boxes of food. And so that helped mm-hmm. many, many families in that regard. And, and we're just wrapping up um, our distribution of over 900, 900 gifts to wow. uh, our clients, uh, families that we've been serving all along and trying to make the holidays a little bit special for them at this time. And this year, we set a record number of over 700 gifts that we've given. And that, that means we had that many donors who assisted us and giving those Christmas gifts, Christmas toys um, to families. Um, As tight as we say things are financially, it's been astounding to me and miraculous, the generosity of our donors this year, giving more generously than ever before. Wow. 
That's amazing news. And that's so great to hear as well. You know, we've talked about the Adopt-A-Family Drive. Uh, it's incredible to see resulted in gifts more than to more than 700 families. Absolutely incredible. It's such a giving time of the year. Tell us a little bit, Sister Marjorie, about the new Youth Mentor Ally Program. It's very exciting for us with this new program, and it really is to help the youth in our immigration and refugee services. So we're, we're looking for mentors who will assist us to help these young people in their coming in, both to adjust to our culture, to assist them in their educational goals, and especially practicing the speaking of English. Uh, we need men, volunteers to mentor these young migrants and refugees. And we're talking about young people ages 15 to 24 years old. Um, we want to help them become more confident in their own skills and empower them to be responsible for making their choices as they grow and develop here in what is a new country for them. So individuals interested in being a mentor can reach out to our staff person, Michael Hitch, M. Hitch at ccano.org or directly telephone call Michael at 504-491-3211. Perfect. And I did post all of that information in the comment section for our Facebook Live video. You can go to facebook.com, search Catholic Community Media, and it's the first video that you will see. It's the first pin post, Wake Up Wednesday. It's in the comment section, so you can take a look at all of this information. Sister, is there anything else you would like to share for us in the spirit of the season? I have a wonderful story from our adoption services, uh, and it's so appropriate we were reflecting on the birth of a child. Through the adoption services of Catholic Charities, we recently assisted a son at 66 years of age to find his 102-year-old biological mother. Wow. What? He's 66. She's 102. Her prayer has been that she would find her son before she died. So it's been just a heart-wrenching, heartwarming, doesn't even describe it when, when you look at that. And especially the birth of a child. She was, she was 36 years of age at the time. And all that she wanted to do was give her child a great opportunity. And he, the 66-year-old gentleman, just continually said, thank you, thank you, thank you to his mother. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my goodness. That is absolutely incredible. God is so good. And you just never know with God all things are possible. And this story is just a primary example of that. Sister Marjorie, thank you so much for being with us today. Sister Marjorie is the president and CEO of Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Where can we go to find out more information, maybe some volunteer opportunities to donate or to learn more about the services that Catholic Charities well, provides? On our website, www.ccano.org. Thank you so much, Sister, for joining us. We'll catch you back in the new year. Thank you, and Merry Christmas to you. God bless.
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. Well, speaking of Christmas, you guys, real quick, this year, Catholic Community Media is extending our real Christmas music on our radio stations from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., December 26th through December 28th. So that's going to be a lot of fun to tune in and listen to that wonderful Christmas music. And also, if you have any events in your listening area that you want to send to us for free, you can go to ccmedia.live, click on events and news, click on submit your events and send it to us. Tomorrow is the last day. If you have an event that you want to submit for the beginning of January, that way uh, we'll have time to post it on our calendar and we can talk about it on wake up so uh, make sure you get that to us uh tomorrow so lots of things going on you guys that's right that's you bet right. yeah i love, love that uh filling your house with music just as in a gospel how elizabeth's voice melodic voice was it yes. uh heralding the ark of the new covenant yep so well let's mm-hmm. uh let's go out in prayer and then uh call upon all the saints as we pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Almighty Father, as we get ever closer to celebrating the miracle of the birth of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, just as you prepared Mary and Elizabeth by filling them with the Holy Spirit, prepare our hearts and our families to receive the Savior with charity and truth. May their example of humility lead us to true joy in this life with the knowledge that you will come again to bring all good things into perfect union with you, God forever and ever, Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have events in your listening area we will give you details about. Danny Fitzpatrick joins us to talk about a new initiative with the St. Louis and Ninth Art Society. David Dawson Jr. from the Diocese of Home Thibodeau will talk marriage and family life. And Allison Daigle with Woman's New Life Clinic updates us. Have a wonderful Wednesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.